0: I want to remind you guys that I have moved my webinars to a once a month format. They're always on the third Thursday of the month at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And the topic is different every month. I do not send out recordings or copies of the notes or any of the things that you get to do and you don't have to show up, so you do. And you can register using the link that's in the show notes. Which is mastercoachwebinars.carrd.co. That's mastercoachwebinars.carrd.co. And that tells you what this month's webinar is and gives you the ability to sign up for it. Today, I wanted to talk about three areas of your LinkedIn profile that are really important and can really have an outsized effect on the results that you get. So if you're job searching and you want to, you know, have fly paper on your LinkedIn profile when it comes to recruiters, you want to really attract those recruiters in. These are three really good places to beef up your profile. Of course, this is a service that I provide Virtually every client that I work with gets a LinkedIn profile as part of their marketing documents package, but let's say you're doing it yourself. So let's talk about these three areas. So first we have the headline, next we have the skills section, and then finally the recommendations. I'm going to go into some detail with each of those. So let's start with your headline. You have a 220 character limit in your headline, and the most important thing I want to say about your headline is do not use the default so when you put a new position so you get a new job or you change your job title of your current position it's going to ask you if you want to then translate transfer that job title and employer into your headline and that's all you're going to get and that's what most people do and it's a huge mistake and i'm going to tell you why so those two things may need to be part of your headline, your job title and your employer, but that's not all you want up there. So you don't want to click the box, which is the default that has that as your job t- as your heading. So your headline is a very high profile, highly searchable section of your profile. So how you approach your headline is going to depend on your specific situation. So I want to give you a couple of scenarios So if you're unemployed and job searching, you get to be very transparent about the job title you want. So that's what should be in that heading. So for example, if you want to be an accounting manager, whether you were one ever in the past or whether you're making a career change and this is what you want to be now, you might say something like accounting manager, pipe, that's that vertical line, delivering accurate and timely financial results with the utmost in professionalism and ethics. Pipe. Experienced in AP slash AR presentations and QuickBooks, and all of that was 169 characters, which is far less than the 220 that you're allowed. So the point that I want to make about the being unemployed in job searching again, you get to be very transparent about what you're looking for. That does not mean that you should say seeking a job in or looking for work. Those words a don't help you at all because they are not searchable. Nobody's searching for someone who is looking for work. They're looking for a specific job title. And secondly, it kind of smacks of desperation. You can do much better. So don't put that in there. The next scenario is that you might be employed in job searching. And in this situation, depending on the circumstance, you probably have to be careful about what your current employer knows now if they've given you the boot or you've told them you're leaving and and you know everything is out in the open then that's more like the unemployed and job searching category but if you are trying to conceal your job search you don't want to you know, put a different job title up there than the one you currently have, that kind of thing. You probably in this situation want to include your current job title and maybe your employer. So some situations it may make more sense to just have the employer's name, just have the job title, but in many cases, you're gonna want both of those, but you don't wanna stop there. So here's an example, director of marketing ABC companies, that's your current employer. Pipe, delivering digital marketing expertise and strong team leadership. PIPE, leveraging analytics to drive marketing decisions. PIPE, experienced in financial services, consumer goods, and education. And that's 219 characters. So I came in right under the 220 character limit. What I want to do in that situation, in addition to including my current job title, current employer, is I want to think about what do I want to use going forward? So whether it's things that I'm very actively using in my current job or not, What do I want to be known for? What do I want to be found for going forward in my next job? Those are the things I want to include in that heading in addition to my job title and my company name. The next scenario is if you are currently in one field, but you want to change to another field, you're probably in this situation going to want to include your current job title and current employer as well. But you may kind of—I think of it as kind of anesthetizing it a little bit, making it a little bit softer, right? So in this example, I use the term nonprofit administrator. Let's just say that I have done work in nonprofit administration, and I want to go into another area of nonprofit administration. So instead of tying myself into my current job title, I'm going to use the more generic nonprofit administrator. And I again may choose to put my nonprofit current employer's name in there or not. What I have for the rest of that heading is Nonprofit Administrator, Pipe, Leveraging Financial and Business Acumen to Minimize Expenses, Increase Revenue, and Garner Community Support and Buy-in, Pipe, Exceptional Fundraising and Grant Writing Skills. And that was 197 characters. So again, similar concept to the previous one. I want to look at what are the skill sets that I want to use that I want to highlight going forward in my next position, and I want to put those in there. Now, I have heard stories from clients who've said that they have people in their company that check regularly on LinkedIn to look for signs that employees are looking for work. I, first of all, can't imagine that that is too prevalent in 2021 when there's so much turnover, so many people are changing jobs, and everybody's super overcommitted and busy in their work. Who has time for that? But If you are concerned about that, obviously you want to err on a more conservative side, include your current job title, include your current employer. And unlike the past when LinkedIn used to send out notices of any little change that you made on your profile, they now only notify your connections. If you change current job title, you get new education, you get a promotion, you have a work anniversary or a birthday. And you can change that setting. You can turn that setting off so that they won't even get those notifications if you choose to. So you can be a little bit more stealthy about this. Now, if somebody goes to your profile, they're still going to see what you've put on there. But there's nothing that's necessarily pulling them into your profile like a notification. The next section I want to talk about is your skills section, and I want to talk about this in a different way. This is no longer about getting those endorsements. So early on in the LinkedIn days, that was a big deal, right? Get people to click on your skill sets to endorse you. Nobody's really caring about that anymore, but there is a benefit to that skill section, and it has to do with those keywords, because this is a key place that employers, recruiters search on. So I recommend an annual audit of this section. So at least once a year, you remove obsolete skills or skills that you no longer want to feature and focus on. And then you add new skills you've recently developed that are kind of emerging skills. You always want to think about this in terms of what a potential employer would be searching for. So for example it would not serve me at all to put anything on there about my love of dogs or my ability to train dogs or groom dogs or any of those things because that's not my brand. So that's not appropriate. So you really want to think about that. So I see a lot of folks who kind of are trying to throw the kitchen sink in there. And while I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that, if you're not an IT person, you start putting a whole bunch of IT skills, programming languages and All of those kind of heavy duty IT things in there, don't be surprised if you start getting a lot of contact or at least views from IT recruiters because you can see, you know, how many people have viewed your profile. So that may may very well happen. Now, what's really important about the skills section as you go to make changes to it is you want to use the drop down menu. So let's say you type in one of your skill sets is digital marketing. So you start typing in digital marketing and the system is going to drop down all the possibilities around what you're typing in. You always, always, always want to choose one of those drop-down choices, even if it seems more generic than what you were thinking, because those are the same terms that the recruiters will be searching on. If you put something in there, which you can put a skill in there that is not available in the drop-down menu... You can do that, but nobody can search on that. Or let's just say the likelihood of someone searching on that is not great because they're going to select from the drop down menu. Also, and this is a little tip to kind of double your search engine optimization. And this is what I do with my clients. So after I write their LinkedIn profile and I'm at the stage where I am uploading their profile for them, I ask them before they sign off on their profile, I ask them to update that skills section. So then when I am uploading to their profile, I go in with a pen and a piece of paper and I write down all of the skills they have included in the skills section. I just write them down real quick and then I go up and type them. You can't really cut and paste this section. You kind of have to do it manually. But what I do is at the top of the or at the bottom of the about section. So the about section is kind of your overviews towards the top of your profile. And it's all business work history. You know how you got to where you are, blah, blah. And then I do specialties, dot, dot. And then I list with commas all the same skills that I put or that the client put in their skills section. This is just increasing search engine optimization. You've now got all of those terms Maybe twice as much instead of once, you've got them twice or maybe even more times in your profile. So they're really picking up those skills. So I highly recommend that you do that. The final section is recommendations. And this is, (laughs) I have a love affair with the recommendation section. Very few people use it. A lot of people don't even know what I'm talking about. Here's what I love it for. This is a place that you can ask people to say things about you that you really can't say about yourself. So if you're, you know, a hard worker, a team player, all those things that are like blah, 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 if you say them about yourself, if you get someone else to talk about them, it is very effective. I think of them as third-party experts who are speaking on behalf of me. LinkedIn recommends a minimum of three recommendations, and there's no upper limit. I have over 60. I've seen people that have hundreds now. I think that's a bit of an overkill, but there is no upper limit. So here's how you approach this recommendations section. Step one is give some thought to three or four characteristics, qualities, skill sets, proficiencies that you want people to write about. So you kind of think about what is my brand? Well, I'm super organized. I am highly effective at hiring, onboarding, and mentoring new employees. And then I also want to talk about my, um, something about my technical skills. So then I want to think of two people who can talk about each of those areas. So I've identified three or four characteristics, two people for each one. And the reason I say two is that one of them may not follow through. And I want to have at least one person talking about each of these characteristics. Now, if both of them write back, then that's just gravy. That's there's no harm, no foul. But I want at least one of them. You want to be connected to the people that you're asking to write recommendations for you. They cannot write a recommendation for you unless you are connected to them so if you aren't that's step one then you go to the person's linkedin page so this is how you actually ask you do not want to send them an email outside of linkedin you do not want to message them in linkedin and say hey could you write a?" because most people won't know what you're talking about and they will not know how to do it if you do it within the system it will walk you through and walk them through the steps. So you go to the person's LinkedIn page that you're connected to that you want to write the recommendation. At the top of their profile in that top box where their picture and their heading is, there is a button that says more. You wanna click on the more button and then the option is request a recommendation and then follow the prompts, request a recommendation. Write a customized request to each person, specifically asking them what you are hoping they will say. So, John, greetings. I'm You could just say something like, I'm updating my LinkedIn profile or whatever, whatever, however you want to start it. You don't have to tell them you're looking for a job if you don't want to. I'm hoping you would be willing to write a brief recommendation for me. Specifically, could you speak about my customer service skills when we manage the ABC transaction? So you're giving them something to go on. This is also going to increase the likelihood that they will actually complete this task because they have some guidance from you. So don't feel like you're overstepping your bounds. Obviously, they get to write whatever they want to ultimately, but you are trying to help them a little bit. Now, what happens with this recommendation when it it is completed is the writer sends it off, like they just click a button and it comes to your inbox. It does not go straight to your LinkedIn profile. And you have three options with that recommendation. You can reject it. So, for example, I one time I've only rejected one. It was some guy I did not know. He unsolicited wrote this recommendation because he wanted me to write one for him. I did not do that and I did not accept his recommendation. You can accept it as it is. Or you can request changes. So if they misspelled something or got a fact th- a fact wrong that seems like it's pretty important, then you can send it back and and request that revision. Now, one of the things to keep in mind about the LinkedIn recommendations is that you can repurpose them from LinkedIn. So, what I've hopefully what you've understood from from my explanation is. You cannot go into LinkedIn and put a recommendation that someone has written you from your last job or, you know, they sent you an email or you want to take a piece out of a performance eval and put it in there. That does not happen. That's one of the reasons I like recommendations on LinkedIn is because of the authenticity of them. I know they were written by the writer. But you can repurpose from LinkedIn. So if you wanted to, sometimes I will put quotes in resumes, I will put quotes in cover letters, I you know, might need those quotes for some or those recommendations for some other purpose and I can always repurpose them from LinkedIn, but I can't repurpose something from somewhere else into LinkedIn. I hope this has given you some things to think about for your LinkedIn profile, specifically your heading your skills section and your recommendations so you've got some some to-dos here if any of those sections are kind of not up to speed and if you have any questions about that feel free to shoot me an email i'll be glad to help you and i'll see you next week take care you've been listening to the exclusive career coach with lisa edwards ceo of exclusive career coaching it would be great if you would rate review and subscribe to this podcast